I don't know about where you live, but in the shorter household, uh, we don't think a lot about getting a drink of water. If you're thirsty, you go to the sink, turn on the faucet, and get a glass full of clean water, and then pour out what you don't use. Or another option is that we can get filtered water from our refrigerator door. We just take the glass over there and push it in that little button, and we get clean, cool, filtered water from our refrigerator door. And even though we have clean water at the faucet and filtered water water from the refrigerator, we also buy cases of bottled water as well, just to make sure we have plenty of water handy to drink. You see, we know what it's like to be thirsty. We just don't know what it's like not to have clean water to drink. My guess is that's probably true in your house as well. You know what it's like to be thirsty, but you don't know what it's like not to have clean water to drink. Did you know that one out of eight people in the world lack access to clean drinking water? One out of eight people in the world. In August, the family in our church moved to Uganda to help change that stat and to give people clean water to drink and even more. Let me show you these people. Many of you know them, Doug and Jennifer Wyatt and Jonas Lawson. Doug is a water engineer who felt called by God uh, to go into missions. He was serving in the Anderson area, living there, but felt called by God to go to Uganda to serve with Water Missions International. They sold their home, most of their possessions, and moved their little boys to Africa. Water Missions International is a nonprofit Christian engineering organization providing safe drinking water to developing countries like Africa. Before they left for Uganda, I asked Doug, I said, now listen, when you get over there, If you identify any projects that we could help you with, is there some ministry that we could do to help you in your ministry, I want you to be sure to contact me and let me know. Well, he did contact me about a village that is in great need called Kayanja. About 2,000 people live in this village. At one time, Kayanja had a water filtering system and well that was installed by Water Missions International. It worked well for several years, but there were problems, and now their well is no longer operational. So they no longer have clean water to drink. They have to go back to their old source of water, which is Lake Victoria. Now, from a distance, Lake Victoria doesn't look that bad. I mean, it looks like it might be drinkable water, but what you need to know, this is also where the animals get their water and where the people bathe. If you look a little closer at the water, you'll see that what they're, get a better idea of what they're drinking and what it really does look like, what they have to drink there. But if you look even closer in this next picture, it really shows you what they have to drink when they draw the water from that lake. There's also a second village with a similar problem. It's called the village of Basuyi. And I will admit to you that I'm probably not saying these correctly. At one time, Basuyi village had a a well also, again installed by Water Missions International. But mechanical things eventually break down. And Doug said it's far easier to get money to put in a new well somewhere and somebody can put their name on a sign than it is to get money to, to fix or repair or update a, an older well or filtering system. Like the other village, the people of Basuyi had to return to their old source of water once their well quit working. The problem was they went back to Lake Victoria and where they live on Lake Victoria, uh, that water there has flesh-eating bacteria and fecal contamination because of the livestock who also use the water. Now, this next picture you're going to see is the sump that's located about 20 feet off of Lake Victoria. 
the water comes into that sump and then it's pumped up through filters, or it used to be pumped up through filters to clean and disinfect the water. But, again, that sump is no longer working. That pump is no longer functional. But I, I wanted you to see this picture so you could see what the water looks like before they treat it. So now this village of Basuyi has two options for water. They can go to the sump and draw this water and try to filter it or uh, boil it as best they can. Or they can go out, wade out into Lake Victoria and draw water there to drink. Doug is asking for our help to to provide a pump with an intake pipe extending out into the lake past the largest contaminations into cleaner water that they can pump in and filter it and treat it for the people to drink. And this is needed in both villages. Now it costs forty to $200,000 to put in a new well. But we can fix and upgrade their current system for much, much less. We need $5,000 per village to get them drink, uh, clean drinking water again. And I want to tell you what our plan is. It's very, very simple. Our plan is that you would buy a bottle of water today. At the end of the service, at the invitation time, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. We bought 700 bottles of water. We've had about 500 here and about 200 down in, in the Life Center. I bought the first one. We figured up that if, you could, if we could get you to uh, buy a bottle of water for $15, we sold 700 of them, and that would pay for the $10,000 that we need. So this morning, I put in $15 and I bought the first bottle of water. Now you say, well, Keith, I, I don't have $15 on me. I, I, I understand, you know, because usually I don't carry cash. I got my debit card. I rarely have any cash on me. But since I knew what the preacher was think, or preaching about today, I brought some money with me. <laughs> now here's what we want to do. Our goal is that we would, we would raise $10,000 by February the 9th in two weeks. And we also want you to know that any extra money, should we get beyond the $10,000 mark, any extra money will be given to the Lawsons for their upcoming housing expenses. Because you see, here's what's going to happen. Right now they're living in a home that is subsidized by another missionary family. And so they only have to pay about half the rent. Though that family has moved out, they still are subsidizing the Lawsons. So the Lawsons are only paying about half the rent right now. At the end of June, they will begin paying the full rent, which will be double the price. Plus, in addition to that, in July, when they have to start paying the rent, they have to pay the rent one year's in advance. The entire year's rent in advance. They don't have that money right now. And Doug's comment to me was, the Bible says to worry about today's problems. He'll provide for us when we get to that point. So if we get beyond $10,000, whatever we get beyond $10,000, we will give to them towards their housing expenses coming up in July. Now, how can you get involved? Here's how you can get involved. Number one, you can give today. And take the bottle of water with you. I really want you, if you come today in the invitation, not just put some money in the basket, but take the bottle of water back with you as a reminder. And I'll tell you what you, you can do with that in just a moment. There's three or four different ways you can give. Of course, you can give cash like I did today. You can give by check. And while I'm speaking today, you can go ahead and get your checkbook out and start writing the check if you'd like to. If you give by check, then you'll have contribution credit. Uh, if you just give by cash, of course you won't. Unless you take the cash and put it in one of those envelopes and mark it. If you want contribution credit, put the cash in the envelope and mark it. And then there's another way you can give. You can give online. Today, we had a link go active on our website. We can go online after the service. You can go home and you can give whatever you'd like to. If you're going to give online, I would again encourage you to come get a bottle of water and take it home. 
even if you're giving online. And here's why. Because the second thing you can do besides give is you can pray. What I would really like for you to do is take a bottle of water home and put it somewhere to remind you to pray for the people. Pray for the people in, in these villages who need something more than just physical water, but they need the living water of Jesus. Pray for the Lawsons who are ministering to them as well. And let it be a reminder that you need to keep buying water as best you can and as often as you can to help us raise that money. And then you can go. Sometime in August or September, we're planning a trip to the, these two villages where we're going to help them repair their wells and to other places in Uganda to help the Lawsons in their ministry. If you'd like to get some more information about that possible trip uh, this, in August or September, you can go to the Connection Corner right back there and sign up today just for information. You're not signing up for the trip, and we'd love to tell you more about it as we get that information. Now, the last thing I want to tell you is this. We want you to tell us your stories. You can, if you're on Twitter, you can go to at Keith Shorter, follow me there, and you can direct message me or tweet to me and tell me your stories. Or you've got my email address, keithshorter at mountaryabaptist.com. You can email me your stories. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be creative. And if you come up with a creative way to raise money, tweet me, email me, so maybe I could use one or two of those stories in the promotion in the coming weeks. You say, what do you mean by being creative? Well, something like this. Maybe instead of stopping at the coffee store on your way to work every morning and getting that $5 Starbucks, Maybe you say, Lord, with your help and your grace and mercy, I won't buy my coffee every day, and I'm going to use that money and buy bottles of water on Sunday. Maybe, like me, you're going to give up your Pepsis for a while, and you're going to take your Pepsi money, and you're going to keep buying bottles of water. Or, maybe get real creative and say, listen carefully, say to a friend who knows the Lord, let me put a parenthesis there, I have a problem with, with churches who have bake sales and all kinds of things, and we ask the lost world to fund God's work. It just seems to me that the, the world always thinks that the church has their hand out wanting their money and not interested in them. So I really don't like bake sales and all that kind of thing, asking people who are lost to help fund God's work. I think God's people ought to fund God's work. So, I want to make sure you understand... Go to a friend who knows the Lord. Maybe it's a co-worker. And he's, a, he's a deacon in another church. He's say, hey, Bill... I bought this water for $20 this Sunday, this past Sunday. We're trying to put wells in Africa. I bought it for $20, but just because I like you, I'm going to sell it to you for 10 And then you bring that $10, and you, you can buy another bottle of water. And then you take that bottle of water, and you, maybe you go to your grandfather or your grandmother. And they know the Lord too, and you go to them and say, Granny, I bought this bottle of water for $10 at church. We're trying to put wells in Africa, but Granny, because I love you so much, I'm going to sell it to you for 100 and you bring $100 back, and you buy some more bottled water. So just get creative, and as you get creative, tweet me, email me, let me know what you're doing. It'll be an encouragement to all of us. There are three reasons I believe that this is a good project for all, us, for all of us to be in. Number one, we know the people we're working with. You know, sometimes when I see things on TV, I'm thinking, well, I don't know these people. I don't know how much it's going for administrative costs. I don't know if it'll even get to where I'm trying to send the money. We know these people. We love these people. They're part of our church family. So that's one of the reasons I have confidence that we can give them this money. Number two, this is a place where we can really make a difference. You can really make a difference giving the money that we can put wells in these two villages in Uganda. you physically will save somebody's life and spiritually may be doing far more than that because the third thing that we can do by giving this water 
we'll give Doug and Jennifer a platform to share the gospel with those desperate, needy people in those villages. Here's how Jennifer described it in her, one of her recent blogs. She says, here in Uganda, as well as in other countries, there are so many uncertainties and trials that are not normal for us in America. Sickness is the normal here, and death is everywhere. The goal is to provide clean water to villages and in the process, teach them some business ethics and share the gospel. Doug has been working on several projects recently that had, had to be shut down for not working properly. In America, they would just send out a boil water advisory for possibly 24 hours, and then poof, the water is good again. Well, as in most things, it is just not that simple here. When a system is shut down, people go for weeks, sometimes months, without clean water. And these two villages have gone months without clean water. When a system is down, people go weeks and sometimes months without clean water. They just go back to what they did before, and a lot will get sick, and many will even die during this time. The job at hand is truly life or death to many. Water is a basic need, and we're blessed to be a part of a group of believers that not only wants to provide real water to drink, but living water for broken lives. So today at the invitation time, I want to challenge you as a part of the invitation. I want to challenge you to just come, give what you can. If you got $5 on you, you can give that. You got $1 on you, you can do that. You got $20, you can give that. If you want to give $15 per bottle, do that. If you got $100, you can do that. Write a check, whatever you can give, because everything that you give will help us put wells in Africa. Now, did you know that Jesus used this same principle in his ministry? I want you to open God's Word to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. John chapter 7, beginning in verse 37, it says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Now, it begins this way, on the last and greatest day of the feast. The feast referred to here was the Feast of Tabernacles. That was a feast or a celebration that memorialized the journey from Egypt to Canaan. And it also was a feast or a celebration to celebrate the harvest that they found in the promised land when they got there. It was one of three pilgrimages, three celebrations that the Jews observed each year. And attendance was compulsory for every male Jew who lived within 15 miles of Jerusalem. So at this Feast of Tabernacles, there was a huge crowd that would gather in Jerusalem, and the feast lasted seven days. Each day, as a part of the feast, the priest would go down to the Pool of Siloam with the golden water pitcher. And he would take the pitcher and dip it into the pool, and he would carry it back to the temple area. And the people would follow him, and there was a great celebration and quoting the Scripture and singing as they marched their way back to the temple area. Then the water was poured out of that golden pitcher onto the altar as an offering to God. It was a reminder of the time when God met their need and satisfied their thirst. When they were traveling from Egypt towards the promised land, when they were out in the desert wilderness and they were without water and they were grumbling and God told Moses, strike the rock with your staff. And when he did, water came gushing forth from the rock. 
And so every year at the Feast of Tabernacles, part of that celebration was to remember that day, that time, when God met their need and quenched their thirst. During the feast, the water was collected and poured out every morning for six straight days. On the seventh day, the last and greatest day of the feast, a solemn assembly was called. This was the day when the crowd was the biggest. The crowd began to gather in Jerusalem at the temple area to worship God. Then they would follow the priest down on that last day, and he would take the golden pitcher, and he would again fill it with water, and he would carry it back. The throng would be behind him, and he would carry it back to the temple area. And once again, on that final day, he poured the water out as an offering and a sacrifice to God. And then, the empty pitcher sat there, symbolizing the people's continued dependency on God for water. That's why when Jesus saw this happening, probably at that same moment when they poured out the water on the seventh and last day and they set the empty pitcher down, it was probably at that moment when the Bible says this, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Can't you imagine how all of a sudden eyes and heads turned towards him? Thousands of people all of a sudden hear this loud voice and, and they turn and everybody's turning in the same direction. And he's saying, if, if anybody's thirsty, this water symbolized what God did to meet the thirst of your physical bodies. But now God's doing something else. Now God's offering something more. If anybody's thirsty, let him come to me to drink. You know what he was telling those people 2,000 years ago and what he's saying to us today? You can find what your soul is looking for if you look in the right place. Jesus said that the only requirement to finding this lasting satisfaction, this true salvation, the only requirement is that you have to be thirsty. Isn't that interesting? We're all thirsty, aren't we? There are times in our lives where we are all thirsty physically, but there are also those times when we are all thirsty spiritually as well. And if you're longing for something to quench that thirst spiritually, and you've tried things to quench that thirst spiritually, but you haven't yet found it, Jesus is saying to you today, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me to drink. I just love the simplicity of that. Jesus was telling you and telling me today, you don't have to be religious, you just have to be thirsty. You don't have to know all of the Bible, you just have to be thirsty. You don't have to, have, you don't have to be a good moral person, you just have to be thirsty. You don't have to be baptized or confirmed or go through some class, you just have to be thirsty. You don't have to clean up your life first. He said, if, if you want to experience something that can satisfy your soul, the only requirement is to realize how thirsty you really are. You know, when you have physical thirst, it really is a God-given craving that you have for the fluids that your body needs to, for life. And Jesus used that same word to describe the God-given craving you have, that thirst, if you will, for something more than this world has to offer. It's the thirst of the human soul it's the thirst for purpose, a thirst for meaning, a thirst for God. And he says, listen carefully, 
You listening? Here's what he says. The first step to finding satisfaction that eludes you is to simply admit that you have a thirst you have not been able to quench anywhere else. Now, just in case you're one of those people, you say, well, Keith, my life is in a mess. Because of something in my past, because of something that, that I, I, I did or something I failed to do, but because of some poor decisions that I've made, my life is just in turmoil and I'm in a mess and I really just feel like I'm probably disqualified for what you're offering. Well, then you didn't read or you didn't listen very closely to what Jesus said. Because here's how he phrased it. If anyone is thirsty. Say anyone with me. Now, some of you said it. Let's all sit together. If anyone is thirsty. You know what anyone means? Anyone means those who are living in sin. Those who are mad at God. Those who are confused about life. Those who are not very religious. Those who are hooked on drugs or pornography. Those who are dead inside. Those who are hurting. Those who are lonely. Those who have nothing to offer God. And even those who have everything the world has to offer, but they're still empty inside. The invitation is for you. And it's this. If anyone is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. See, the satisfaction we all long for is available only in Jesus Christ. But this was not the first time Jesus had talked like this. In fact, I want you to go over in John, go just three chapters to chapter 4. It's not the first time that Jesus used water as an illustration of how we can quench our thirst for God. John chapter 4, Jesus met a woman at a well in John chapter 4. It's a well somewhat like the ones in Uganda that we're trying to restore. And he was thirsty. And he was sitting by the well and he asked this lady for a drink of water. They had a conversation, and we'll pick it up in verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked Him, and He would have given you, what's that next two words? Living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and flocks and herds? And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you can try to quench your thirst in other people. You can try to quench your thirst in other religions. You can try to quench your thirst with, every, with other things, but after a while, it will leave you thirsty again. The only way to quench your spiritual thirst is, is to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to give you what He called living water. There's a lot of thirsty people in the world today. A lot of thirsty people who are who are trying to quench the thirst, and they are drinking from the mud holes of this world, trying to find something that will satisfy. And Jesus said, you drink of that water, you'll thirst again. But you drink of the water I'm offering you, and you will never thirst. If anyone is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me and drink. 
Today would be a good day for you to do that. Today would be a good day for you to say something like this. Jesus, I am so thirsty and empty. And I want to turn my life over to you. Please forgive me my sins as I repent of my sins. Please come into my life and satisfy the thirst of my soul. And here's what will happen if you do that. Back in John 7, verse 38, Jesus said, this is what will happen if you'll do that. Whoever believes in Me, whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within Him. In other words, whenever you put your faith in Christ, something changes on the inside of you. And the thirst of your soul is quenched. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And you become a new person on the inside. And you are now forgiven. You are now at peace with God. You're reconciled with Him. You now have meaning and purpose. The Holy Spirit is living in you. And not only, watch this, not only does it quench your thirst, but you become channels of living water to bless a thirsty world. Notice this is referred to as living water. It's a picture of pure water that brings life. Pure water that brings life. When we bought these water bottles the other day, I noticed that on the front it says pure life. It's the reason I got this particular brand. I want to tell you something. That might be false advertising. Pure life. You drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But you drink of the water of Jesus Christ, and He will indeed give you pure life. And out of you will flow rivers of living water. So the invitation is very simple today. It's twofold. There's two things I'm asking you to do. First of all, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you. I want to plead with you. Stop drinking from the mud holes of this world and let Jesus quench your thirst. If anyone is thirsty, he says, anyone, anyone up in the balcony, anyone down on the lower floor, if anyone is thirsty, Jesus said, let him come to me to drink. During this invitation, a lot of people are going to be moving around, but I'm going to be right here at the stage, and I would love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. Or if you prayed with me as I was saying that little prayer, maybe you prayed that from your heart, or maybe you're about to pray it in this invitation, you can come back to Connection Corner. I'll be back there. I'll be back there to talk with you, to pray with you if you want to talk more about receiving Christ as your Savior. Just simply pray something like this. Jesus, I'm thirsty and empty. And I want to turn my life over to You. Please forgive me of my sins as I repent of my sin. And come into my life, Lord. Lord, satisfy the thirst of my soul. You can do that right now. And I want to ask You to do that. The second part of the invitation is this. I want to challenge you to help us put two wells back in operation in Uganda. Around 4,000 people are drinking from a dirty water, from a dirty water source, Lake Victoria. Flesh-eating bacteria, fecal contamination. The place where they bathe, they also have to draw their water from to drink. And if we can simply restore their wells and give them clean water to drink again, Doug and Jennifer will have a platform to talk to them about the clean living water of Jesus. So I'm going to ask you the invitation like we did in the first service just to get up as soon as we start singing and just start coming down here and buying your bottles of water. Again, whatever you can give is fine. If you can give $15, then you give $15. If you can give $2, you give $2. If you can give $300 or $500 or $50, whatever you can give. I'm going to ask you to come buy your bottles of water during this invitation. Let's pray together. Father, 
Thank You that You have given us so much more than we deserve. And remind us, Lord, every day as we go to the sink this week, as we go to the refrigerator this week, as we drink clean water, I pray You'll remind us of those who have no clean water to drink and help us, God, to raise the money that we need to put those wells in operation. I pray that You do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ever ask or imagine and that we might even exceed that $10,000 goal. And Father, I pray also that as we're drinking the clean, pure water today and this week, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would remind us we drink of this water we'll thirst again but if we drink of Jesus we'll never thirst thank you and praise you that you can satisfy the thirst of our souls we praise you in Jesus name amen